You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 215. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back, you amazing human, to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent four- and five-figure months, and then on a six- and seven-plus-figure years without burning out in the process. Today, I am pumped, pumped to bring on another fellow Canadian, Jess Keating, to talk about shamanism. What is it and how does it help with business growth? Shamanism is a concept I've only just become familiar with over the last one and a half to two years, even though it has been around since the Stone Ages. Shamanism was a concept I was a bit weirded out about at the beginning, if I'm 100% honest, because it was so foreign to me, so new to me, that I simply just didn't know enough about it. And therefore, I kind of put my barriers up and had some fear and it just scared me, right? However, it is a concept that I believe is a game changer for business owners. Today on the podcast, Jess is going to break down in simple language, what is shamanism? She's also going to share how shamanism informs the soul and money work for entrepreneurs. And what I love is that Jess is a scientist. So she's also going to share with us how she balances the spiritual concepts with the scientific side of things, especially since the world views things so scientifically. It is truly a brilliant episode, so get ready for all levels of awesomeness. But before we get started, just a reminder, if you need help with your business and you're sick of doing things alone, head to my website and book in for a discovery call so we can chat all things goals and how I can help support you in the role of your business consultant and coach. Simply head to AngelaHenderson.com.au and book in your call today. Now, let's get into this awesome episode. Welcome to the show, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to be here. Gosh, it is so fun to have you here. And I'm super excited to have you here today talking about a topic I personally only know a little bit myself, but I've been so curious to learn more because from what I know, there's so much power in the world of shamanism, right? And today is going to be epic. And how do I know it's already going to be epic? Because you and I have already been talking for over (laughs) 40 minutes before we hit record. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Jess, we're going to have to hit record because I've got calls, you've got calls. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I'm super excited because there's this energy that I think, again, we kind of riff off each other. And I think it's good energy. I think it's this topic, again, is probably going to be new for the majority of my listeners, I would say. And so anyways, I'm just thrilled to talk to you today about what is shamanism and how does it help us grow our businesses. But before we get started, I always like to ask a fun question so the audience gets to know you a little bit better. So my fun question for you is, is I know you're an amazing author. So my question is, is what is your all-time favorite book and why? Oh my gosh, a fun question. As a writer, this is like an absolutely terrifying question. <laughs> okay. Um, oh gosh. I, I will preface this by saying like, I, I cannot choose one. Like it's kind of like saying like, what's your favorite meal? It depends on what you want at the time and what you need at the time. Totally. Um, I should probably say one of my own books. <laughs> that, would be the, that would be like, oh yeah, my favorite book is Shark Lady by Jess Keating. Um, but uh, in general, I 
Oh gosh, this is really tough. One of my favorite books that kind of lit me up again as a writer is actually by an author named Cornelia Funke. Mm -hmm. And it is a children's book. It is a young adult slash middle grade novel. And it is about this woman, a young woman, her name's Meg, Maggie, who her father is what is known as a silver tongue. And a silver tongue in this fantasy world is somebody who can read from a book out loud. And when he does that, he can actually pull the characters from that book and they land plunk, dead center right in the room with them. So it's this really, yeah, it's this beautiful, epic kind of fantasy thing. It actually has, there's a character named Dustfinger in it, who was, I, you know how you have like crushes on fictional characters? Well, I don't don't know if you do. I often have crushes. I totally, yeah, well, back in the day for me is now. (laughs) I totally have crushes on fictional characters all the time, but this particular character, Dustfinger, he's just super dreamy. He's like a fire dancer and all that shit. So it is that I will say for now, that is a book that when I found it as like a younger writer, like I was in my twenties, just getting into publishing, that was a book that I was like, damn, like this is what can be done with really, really good literature. So I will say Inkheart, but again, the official answer is anything by Jess Keating. Visit your local bookstores for more. <laughs> no, I love it. And it's just like, I just always find it so interesting because there's no one answer. We were talking about this before we hit record about everything. It yeah. depends, right. I can yeah. say, what's your favorite meal? And I could say, well, it depends on my mood. It depends yep. if it's morning, night or dinner. It depends on what company I'm with. It depends on what country I'm in. Right. So it always, it, it always can be tricky. So no, thanks for sharing that. Now, <laughs> now that we know one of your all-time favorite books and who your fictional crush character is, <laughs> right? um, I'd love for you to share with the audience a little bit about your background. Where did you start either in college or in school or in the corporate world? And what are you up to now? Oh gosh. So I was born on a, you know, hot summer day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, so my start, I'm at a chapter in my life now where I have had many, many, many careers. Like I have been self-employed my entire adult life. Um, I've had many careers and that spans everything from, you know, being a scientist. I was a singer. I was a photographer. I was, oh my gosh, like a, a prof. I was an author, an illustrator, an artist, speaker, all of these things, coach and mentor. And I was doing them in kind of separate chapters of my life. And the place that I'm at now is kind of this like really lovely integration mode where I'm taking, like, I have a background in science. That was my main love as a kid. Like I was in love with science. I loved biology. I loved animals and the planet. And looking back now, I can recognize that like this whole time in my life, one of the things, like one of my natural skills is sort of communicating with that energy of nature, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the, the force that, that sort of makes things tick in the world, I've recognized is actually the exact same force that makes our businesses run, that makes our intuition spark, that makes our ideas come to fruition. So I'm at this really cool place now where a lot of this background that I have in science and creativity and writing and publishing and all of these things is sort of all coming together now and building this really lovely framework that I can kind of pull on each individual thread. And I'm noticing now that if I have a skill, like I I generally think of myself as, you know, a very multi-passionate person, multi-potentialate person, which I'm sure most people listening also feel like most of us have that in us, especially as like entrepreneurs. But if I have a skill 
It's that I'm recognizing now that I can see those threads. Like I can see how the thread of the way somebody's nervous system is affecting the way they're connecting to their intuition is affecting the way they're showing up in business is affecting the way they charge is affecting the way they should like market. I've noticed that all of those different realms that I've played in and worked in are actually linking together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when it comes to like the long answer that I'm giving you is like, where did it start? It started when I was a kid and I was somebody who constantly, constantly, constantly felt like I had to pick a lane every yep. single day of my life. And it, I tell you, Angel, like it caused me so much freaking stress. And of what I, it was the only reason I'm here truly is because I think I'm that damn stubborn. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not and I, right. Like, I'm just, no, I'm not going to pick between science and creativity. I'm not going to pick between this or this. And I was actually in university and um, I was finishing up my master's in science. And I was doing, of course, a dual departmental thesis because I really wanted to mix together different fields. Mm-hmm. So it was philosophy mixed with science. Nobody was doing it. They had to get a whole bunch of signatures to let them do it. And I remember I went to my professor, one of my advisors, and I was like, listen, man, like, I know that I'm supposed to be on this path to like become a professor, but like, there's something, something more calling me. And I don't think it exists. I think I just want to make something. Mm -hmm. And I said, and I, the line, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm just all over the freaking map and like, thank God for this man, because he was so wise and brilliant. And like, you know, the people that like, they never say boo, but when they do, they open their mouths and they like drop a train of wisdom on you. It was like that. So he was like, hold on a second. He's like, some people are built for the valleys. They are so good at living in those valleys. They're experts. They specialize in what the way they create impact is by living in those specialized valleys. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then I was like, uh-huh. And I'm thinking like, there's going to be like a punchline here. That's going to hurt. Right. Yeah. You know, but then he was like, but some people are meant to be on the mountaintops and just straddle those mountaintops. And what they're here to do is look into each of those valleys and connect those dots. Mm-hmm. You're on the mountaintop. And he was like, Jess, I'll tell you, you are not all over the map. You are the map. And from that day, like you can, I have like goosebumps for it. I hear that because I really was in a spot where had it been like, had I eaten the wrong thing for breakfast, I would have quit. Do you know what I mean? Like I would have said, okay, I just have to, I'll be, I'll just be a scientist. I'll just be a writer. I'll just be whatever. And because of that conversation, it made me realize like, well, wait a second. And like, not to compare myself to this, but like, there are people like, you know, nobody told Da Vinci, like, Hey man, pick a lane. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, you can't be an engineer and an artist and a writer and a whatever the hell else he was. You can't do those things. And I was like, I am here trying to force myself to the point of like being like almost like physically ill. You know, when you just have this like visceral sense of like, no, Mm -hmm. that was what I was doing. So when I think of like where I started, there really is no one point. It's like you were saying it all depends, right? Mm -hmm. There really is no one point. Because I think we are all doing this process that I'm doing, which is trying to integrate all of the things that we have previously felt like we needed to turn our backs on or to hide from. Mm -hmm. And what I love, love about business is that we finally have an opportunity to take as many facets of that expression that we want and shine them out and also make freaking money off them, like make an impact, make a ripple effect of positive change using what is just coming naturally to us. So that is a very long-winded answer. That's our podcast, everybody. <laughs> like, thank 
cheap for joining. <laughs> that is really where I'm coming from here. <laughs> but I do think, I mean, I think it's also, you know, analogy that I'll use uh, or a situation I'll use is around niching, for example, right? There's a lot of pressure yep. about you need to niche or not niche. If you don't niche, you're yep. not going to be successful, etc. But I've always looked at niching as an evolution. And that for sure. And the and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I remember when I was in Vietnam and I watched the old fishermen with their traditional nets, right? And it's yep. like entrepreneurs is they cast the nets far and wide, like the nets are massive. And then they slowly start to bring the nets in and they look inside of the nets and they keep some and they let go of some. I look at entrepreneurship is at the beginning, we keep all of the fish in the net, right? Yeah. But yeah. as we evolve, <laughs> we start to get smarter and our past experiences start to come to fruition almost. And then our niche, quote unquote, eventually just evolves over time as we grow as our clients grow, as our business grows, as our life grows, as our spirituality grows, as everything grows. And so it's the same thing. I, and I think you, you said it beautifully is that we're just weaving, nothing really started in one spot. We're just weaving pieces yep. together and we yep. too are evolving as we go. And, and it's really, it's really important that you, that you keep, that we keep harping on that because eat like whether it's the concept of a niche or an offer or like who the hell I am in business and sort it all out everything if the minute it is stagnant it is in the process of dying mm-hmm. right like that is a that is a truth like if you find stagnant water in nature don't freaking drink it because mm-hmm. it is full of poison and like we should not be aiming for this finite point of like finally i did it you know and that's true in our healing journey but that's also true in like our business journey and i love that you're mentioning like that natural evolution you wouldn't want to remove a single point of that any, any stage of that, like when you're narrowing down, like, oh, maybe I don't like this fish and prefer this fish, or like, maybe I want this kind of net or this kind of net, every single iteration matters. Mm-hmm. So it like, it's like, it's kind of a long way way of saying like, you know, it's, it's about the journey, not the destination, but every segment of that journey is its own destination where we are constantly gathering truths and, and facts about ourselves and, and desires. Like every new iteration we have is also going to spread a new desire, right? So like, who women, are we to turn our backs on that? And I think women in particular though, will minimize that the journey we're on Oh God, yeah. it's so yeah. important, right? Because we're yeah. looking for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And I was saying at time of before we were recording about one of my key words for the last kind of 18 months has just been trusting, trusting Trust, that yeah. it will be okay that, you know, when I asked my husband for the divorce, right. Trusting that when yeah. I get on t- like, do you know what I mean trusting? And it was been one of the hardest things because again, I've had to detach from outcome and yeah. in a world yeah. where we are driven by outcome. It is exceptionally, you have to retrain your brain and go against almost what all society is telling you because it is. And so this essence of being able to understand that everything that we're, that's working in your world or every job you've had or whatever is getting you to the next evolution. Now, speaking of evolutions today, I think there'll be a bit of an evolution because today we are talking about a term that I would suspect most of my audience either hasn't heard or they've heard and they're freaked the fuck out. And so therefore <laughs> they don't do anything with it, right? And so my journey in business over the last 12 years is I definitely ran from that place of masculine energy. I would say it would have been almost 100% masculine energy, zero feminine energy. And over the years, I would say it's probably nesting at 60% masculine. I think that's just who I am and 40% feminine. But I've also definitely brought in 
you know, the woo, I've definitely brought in the spirituality. And even though it was planted in my brain years ago, I wasn't ready to go there or receive it. Right. And so, so I'm very familiar with a lot. One of the things though, is today's topic is I know a little bit, right. I know how it kind of works, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's a juicy topic that I I believe is definitely going to help many women and men who particularly listen to this, uh, as a new lens, as a new way and as a new tool for their business strategy, because business strategy is just not the hows. Business strategy, in my opinion, is alignment, spirituality, energy. And today we're going to talk about shamanism. So because this is such a new term, I just want to start with defining in really simple terms, what is shamanism? You got it. Okay. So I'm really like, put me in coach. I know this can be like a freaky thing. And I will actually caution people against like, don't go online and like Google definitions, because this is actually one of those terms where there's a lot of stuff out there that's kind of combating itself. Mm -hmm. So my approach to this, you know, as somebody who is a shamanic guide, who has like a deep background with this, but also bear in mind, I'm also a scientist. Mm -hmm. So my lens is very unique in that I find ways to kind of weave them together, right? Mm -hmm. So at its heart, shamanism is really just a mode of seeing the world or a practice of spirituality, wherein we partner with everything around us with the understanding that everything around us has an energy of its own. Now you can look, you can kind of stop there and be like purely on the spectrum of like the science side and be like, okay, I get it. Like, There's an energy behind this creative work that I'm doing, Mm -hmm. or you can take it a little further and call it a spirit of the work that you're doing, Mm -hmm. right? So as a shamanic guide or a shaman, however you want to frame it, my job is to help people specifically like women in business connect to the things that help them thrive via this lens of shamanism. Mm -hmm. So the way I view it, and again, this is where I kind of diverge from Like the funny thing is what I do is incredibly spiritual and mystical, but the scientist in me is always, always, always pulling us back down. Right. And one of the things that I really love about shamanism, even on its own, minus any influence of science is that in a lot of spiritual circles, you've probably noticed this tendency of like ascension, right? Like in order to be really spiritual, you have to be up there in the clouds of the angels and, you know, divine, blah, blah, blah. All of that's great, but my role in this ecosystem is to pull people down to earth. It's to pull people down to this 3D reality. And the beautiful thing about shamanism is we can now start to partner and ally with all of the things that we thought were in our way. Mm -hmm. So for example, like a really basic example is one thing that is universally true And this is, again, another reason I love shamanism so much. Like if you want to talk about like wealth expansion, you might go to a healer and they might say to you, okay, you've got this wound, this wound, and this wound. So we need to heal your, I don't know, your self-worth, your whatever, like, right. Like all of your like little checklists. And again, if that appeals to you, go for it, man. Like that is what lights you up. And I want you to do that. But from my perspective as a shaman and as a scientist, the only thing that we need to do to help your wealth grow is connect it to the things that will help it grow, right? What does a plant need to survive? You know, dirt, water, sunlight, and it'll do its thing. And I figured out through, you know, so much trial and error of being a creative entrepreneur for 15, 20 years and being, you know, a a soul coach and all of these other things that there is actually a core group of energies. And again, you can make it as spiritual or as like practical as you want 
that when we connect to those things, when we ally to those energies, that will naturally help you expand your wealth. Mm -hmm. So in my perspective, shamanism is just my way of teaching you how to have a dialogue with things that you normally wouldn't even like, I will have uh, people speak to their jealousy. I will have people speak to the spirit of their offer, the spirit Mm -hmm. of their business, you know, the block, the block that you think you're having, I will have people have an actual dialogue with that. Mm -hmm. And that will mean that you do, you don't have to look at it as something that is like, kind of outside of your purview. Do you know what I mean? Like it's nothing that's out of your control with shamanism. You partner with everything. Every single thing that occurs to you is there to help you Mm -hmm. every single thing in your life. And shamanism is really just my lens that I use. People call me like spiritual Windex, right? Like I come up and I'm like spritz and I just kind of wipe it a bit and you're doing the work. Like the person is doing the work because the thing is, our soul already knows what it wants to tell us. Mm-hmm. It already knows. And that is the other element of shamanism that is really important to mention here. It is, you know how people talk about like soul led or like soul aligned mm-hmm. in many cases, this is like a, it's a really fun catchphrase, but oftentimes you're left feeling like, okay, like what is it though? From a shamanic perspective, a soul is an actual literal essence Mm-hmm. So what a shaman might do if somebody is experiencing something known as like soul loss, for example, which is just a case of like, oh, you had a bad experience. So you turned your back on that part of yourself, mm-hmm. right? A shaman might help you retrieve that part of yourself. So in the work that I'm doing with wealth expansion, that is actually what's going on in mm-hmm. having you have a dialogue with your jealousy. We are inviting in the part of you that has not been witnessed ever since blank right? Whatever caused that kind of rift, I would call it like a soul fractal, like a repeating pattern of behavior that might be like self-sabotaging. So shamanism is really just the lens through which we can start to see the world with a little bit more magic, but it's actually the most natural, grounded, practical thing that I've ever experienced. And I say that as a scientist, Like this is, there is no up there in the clouds. There is no sense of like, oh, but I can't see it. So I can't believe it. Shamanism is here and now in the dirt, in your hands, in your body, in your feelings, in your money. It is all of those things working together rather than feeling like you have no connection to anything. And I think that kind of, well, I don't think it's going to go into my kind of my next question. I mean, the world is led by science. The world Mm -hmm. is led by proof because we consume it every day in the media. I mean, you look at COVID, I won't go down that path, but COVID is a little (laughs) example. Okay. Is that we've consumed it for so long, right? That it would be hard not to believe it. Okay. Which I'll just leave it at that. I won't get into a COVID debate. All right. But what I'm saying is, is people are led by proof. People are led by outcomes. People are led by data. And so, you know, those people who might be freaking out now listening to this, and this is (laughs) because it's simply so foreign, right? Because it's just a new concept. That's the thing is, I try not to look at it as a scary thing. It's just another concept and another tool that we can add to the growth of our business. So I'd love to know, though, for those that might be skeptic, who are driven by science, and you are a scientist, you know, um, how do you balance these spiritual concepts with the scientific side then? Like, like, how do you easily explain that? You've kind of done it a little bit, but can you kind of go a little bit more in depth with that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, and again, this is one of the things that like kind of catches people off guard because they'll be like, so you're this, but you're also a scientist, right? Like it, it's almost like, oh, well, therefore I'm going to invalidate either side. Like you could, people I'm sure make the same argument like, oh, well, you can't be that spiritual if you're also a scientist. Yes. But the thing is when you, th- again, it's, it's, it's being on top of that mountain, right? When you're on top of those mountains, you can see where they converge and where the lines cross and where they align and where they don't. And the thing about shamanism that is so, that I think is so powerful is there, people assume it's like very mystical and woo. There's a concept called direct revelation, which is what we would always kind of put onto shamanism, which means this. So as a scientist, you might do an experiment, right? And like, here's, you're going to get your results and therefore we can refute this or we can suggest this or whatever, But with shamanism, you were never, ever asked to believe anything if you do not have direct revelation from it. So what that means is if you do not experience it yourself, right, Mm -hmm. I do not have the words or the scientific theories or mechanisms to describe why if I take three people on a soul journey and give them very, very, very open-ended things like to think about or to imagine, I cannot explain to you why they might see the exact same thing. I cannot explain that. And here's the thing. The mark of a good scientist is one who can say, you know what? We don't know that yet, period. Like there's no, there's no conjecture. There's no like, oh, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. It is actually okay to say, I don't know how this works. And my feeling, like my gut reaction as a scientist and as somebody who works in these kind of imaginal realms is that we simply just do not have the words or mechanisms to describe what we see as mystical, but what I believe to be a very natural process. And I will say, like, I want to point out, like, we often think of these things as like new age, right? Like we hear like the spiritual stuff is new age. Shamanism is new age. It's actually not. It's stone age shamanism what i again another i just it's like a love letter now like it is literally the ancestor of all forms of spiritual practice mm. and it kept entire societies alive for centuries mm-hmm. you know so this is not to say and it's also worth mentioning here like you don't have to choose you don't have to and i used to be like this so i want to i want to make sure that i like mention it here i used to be somebody who despite having deeply spiritual ties my whole life. I mean, like I was raised with shamanic work. I'm, I'm indigenous. I have all of these things in my literal blood. I still grew up thinking like, well, if I believe blank about science, then there's no room for this about spirituality. Mm. And as we've already shown, like life is not about the binaries. Mm. The truth is always going to be in the gray. Yep. There are always going to be things that science, we're, we, like science is amazing at getting a grip on many, many things. But there are also things that it cannot yet explain. And what I love about being able to kind of live in both of these worlds is you start to recognize that they are not that far apart. They Mm -hmm. truly are not that far apart. And I love that, again, that direct revelation aspect. You will not have to believe anything on like you you come to work with me and like I I involve like shamanic practices or scientific like I blend it all together to help you make more money and learn who you are and soulful integrity and all that you won't have to believe any of that on faith none of it like that's where like it's not a religion it's not a faith-based you know belief system it is almost like a great experiment it's like okay let's toy around with this emotion this concept And the beautiful, another beautiful thing is because 
shamanism is so like shamans were the original scientists, you know, like they were so deeply embedded with the planet that it has that naturally healing grounding aspect that you might get just like going for a walk in nature or, or whatever. Like one of the fun, like the fun things about like a a soul journey is that you could just literally go on a soul journey, which is like the shamanic version of, we'll call it like a meditation or an activation, right? Mm -hmm. That in and of itself will be deeply healing just because you're connecting with that grounded energy of your soul. So my point is if, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You know, I mean, I I know like I work with a healer and half for the last kind of 18 months and, you know, before I went with her, I remember saying to my friends who were saying, go to her. I was like, but what's the outcome? What's the transformation? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I don't get it. And they're like, and we can't put it into words. They're like, yeah. we can't. They're like, you just have to trust. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, how much is it? They're like 150 bucks. I was like, sweet. Like I'm happy yeah. to throw 150 bucks. I'm happy. Something I trust that. Yeah. That. Because my thing that I use is the analogy of, you know, we just went to America and all that. I mean, that trip with airfares, insurance, hotels, Airbnbs, yeah. all that. I mean, it was a $30,000 trip, right? Not yeah. to mention that shit's just more expensive than ever before. But, but yeah. it's like going on that trip and not having the travel insurance. So I'm like, I'm going to still pay the 250 bucks for the insurance, even though I don't want to. And I feel the same way about shamanism, healers, tarot cards, whatever it is that you're drawn to, because I believe if you can afford to run a business, you can afford to explore these modalities because oh, for sure. what for sure. can come from it is, is magic. And I know for my own with the healer that I work with Leah is like, again, I can't put into words. I can only share my story, but like at this stage, I think 60 of my clients and friends and family have gone to her and they <laughs> all come back going, you're right. You can't put it into words. It's you can't. the experience that happens. And so There is this notion about, again, just going for those of us who are run by masculine energy in the house and being driven by outcome is there's this, what I encourage the listeners to think about is again, surrendering and trusting uh, and getting curious with the mystery because, and, and that curiousness can be uncomfortable, but oftentimes that uncomfortable bit is the notion of that. You're on the way to a breakthrough, right? Yeah. And And like, I think, and I mean, we all come by it naturally, right? Like I was the epitome of like masculine energy, like 10 years ago, like I, it took literally a near death experience for me to get where I'm going today. And it really was on a dime. Like I had a near death experience, everything changed. And I was like, I need to stop doing this. I need to start doing this. Mm -hmm. And this whole kind of spiritual side of me, I, I allowed it to come out and I allowed myself to develop like new modalities and blah, blah, blah. But it took that extreme of a shift. And I would not want that to be the case for everybody, right? Like, of course, like everybody has their own path and like my journey clearly needed that. But I would say like, along with what you're saying, Ange, like in terms of like trust, it takes practice to trust, right? But if any part of you is drawn to this type of work, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, working with me or working with whatever healer, that if you allow yourself to just open that door just slightly, that is your soul asking to be seen. Mm. And it doesn't, here's the thing, like even if something happened, you try out something and it doesn't give you the quote outcome that you want, that information is still support. Mm. And this is again, like one of the views of, you know, a shamanic mindset is like everything is support, 
information that is not what you want to hear is just as supportive 100%. as information that you and do, not more. right? It, right. Like it helps you fine tune and isolate, but I have yet to find somebody for whom they, they, they were drawn into this type of work and they were like, Oh gosh, like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what to expect. Like who has not had such a massive, it, it's because it's the soul. Shamanism is the work of the soul. And like, that is how you get there. But I also think society though, because it's the minority, minority and minority of people, in my opinion, who are looking at shamanism, do you mean healers, kinesiologists, et cetera. I mean, I feel like I see it regularly because those are just the people I've connected to, but the majority of people their uncles, their aunts, their grandparents or whatever have just infused in their head for so long. Do you know what I mean? That you almost yep. like, for me personally, I was like, oh, fuck. Well, if I do this, what will my family think? Yeah, oh, if of I course. start experimenting <laughs> with this, does that mean I'm a witch? If I start yep. doing this, yep. do you know what I mean? And so it can almost be this grieving notion in many ways that you're grieving the old you and grieving old family beliefs. And yep. segmenting into creating new pathways, which I think is super powerful, but it can oh, be for very sure. uh, scary when there's no one else in your family, right? Yeah. Who gets yep. it? There's no other entrepreneur friends who get it. There's no other, like, and so you're sitting there with all this information going, well, like when I got off my first call with the healer, I was like, holy fuck, what just happened? Yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I remember calling my dad and my dad was like, kid, I was like, dad, you probably think I'm on drugs. And he's like, the thoughts cross my mind. And he's like, (laughs) but even my dad, who's the biggest skeptic of everything was like, but Ange, there's no way they would have known all of like those specific things about our family and timelines and that. And so he was like, he's like, I still don't believe it. He's like, (laughs) right. And that's just it. Like you don't have to believe it, but your direct experience Mm-hmm. gave you information. And part of being like a sovereign agent in the world is letting that be okay. Mm-hmm. Letting like not our, like so many of us argue with ourselves. And I want to say like that concept that you were talking about of like grieving that older part of us and letting those identities die. That is an incredibly shamanic concept, by the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just like that process is a shamanic process. Mm-hmm. And like, it is the, the, this, awareness like for you to have the awareness of like this part of me needs to be shed now this part of me needs to be brought back in like we are never I think learning something that I would call like new to us we are normally remembering Mm. right and you can go as deep as you like some might say like you're remembering from past lives you're remembering from when you were a kid it doesn't matter I can as a as a scientist and as a human and as a business person I love results And I cannot argue with what creates them, Mm -hmm. right? So if it comes down to a healer or a new funnel or whatever, I see, like, I consider myself supremely lucky because I feel like I have access to almost all the tools. You know, like I can talk to you about like nervous system regulation and neuroscience and the way your brain works and the way you can work with your physical body in this 3D world. And at the same time, I can talk about like, okay, let's gain some information from this realm or from the spirit of your offer or from whatever in your business, like money itself. What do these things want to tell you? shamanism is just a way of gaining information that you would not otherwise find. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a way of opening a door, like, okay, offer, what do I need to know? Like I've planned an entire launch without really having to use my own, like I bounce it off myself, 
but I will say like, okay, this offer, like I'm doing money awakening right now, like my big signature program with everything that I know dumped into one place, mm-hmm. instead of worrying about like, oh, I better heal myself worse so that I can price it at this or whatever. I literally just tune in and say, okay, I'm tuning in right now to the spirit of this offer, which really is just a conduit for universal energy. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any, nobody can argue that energy does not exist. Like that's a, that's a bloody fact, right? But it's just this lens that we put on it. I tune in and I say, okay, what feels best for this offer? What do you want? Mm-hmm. What kind of impact do you want? What kind of price do I need to do? And it gives me like a metric to play with. It doesn't mean I need to go with it right away. Of course it sits within me too, but it takes away the 2000 other ideas that I might've gotten lost in, right? Like analysis paralysis stuff. It's just a way of, you know, when you go to the eye doctor, And they put the thing in front of you and they're like, this one or this one, this one or this one, right? It's a way of doing that and almost like gut checking yourself. Mm. And I say like, even if you don't buy into a single thing, if you don't use this tool as a litmus test, you're missing out. Because, and again, I I believe people will get, like, I fully believe that most people who are in this sphere, who are thinking like, oh, I'm kind of drawn to this. I'm fully convinced that like, they would have incredible shifts, like, because they're in this sphere, they've already, like, they are already this tall to ride the roller coaster, right? They've already done this stuff. But even if they weren't, it's that concept of like, you've got a toolbox sitting there. And if your soul or some part, even just your brain, right? However you want to view it is reaching over to that. And you're going to deny that. That to me is like the epitome of not, it, it's, it's almost sacrilegious, even though like, that's not a word I use, right? Like yeah, I'm, totally. I'm not a religious, yeah. but I'm just like, how could you not? Like there's a donut sitting on the counter with a free donut sign. And you're like, eh, like, come on. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like that's a, that's a better example. <laughs> and I think too, like for those people who are like going, okay, yeah, but can you give them some specifics again? Cause I'm just trying to balance, do you know I mean what we're teaching and, and kind of infusing that in them gently with, do you know I mean what they might be knowing is how does shamanism inform the soul and money work specifically that entrepreneurs do like what? Yeah. Give us some more, I guess I'm looking for more of that science side of things, right? Like that more tangible, like how does it like, what are some of the things that you've seen by using shamanism allow other women entrepreneurs or male entrepreneurs have that they wouldn't have had without do you know what I mean going down and exploring this other lens, exploring this other tool? Yeah. Yeah. So in general, what I help people do, this is in Money Awakening and anytime you're working with me, I help people create what I call an ecosystem of wealth or money, yeah. right? And the basic principle that I use, which is deeply scientific, but also shamanic is in order to thrive, you've got to be connected to what helps you thrive. Mm-hmm. So I have these five core archetypes or these energies that I say I help awaken. Mm -hmm. And like, there's a quiz online, you can find all this stuff of like, what is kind of awakening in you? Spoiler alert, all of these things will be waking in us. (laughs) Cause like we are human. And if, again, if you're listening, this work is already doing its stuff on you. But in general, what I do is I help people connect to five different things. The first thing I help them connect to is what I call the wild woman energy, the wild woman archetype. But that is really just the word or the name to help you connect to your soul, your creative spirit and your intuition. And that is three separate things, right? So three separate things. And there's a very scientific grounded, like step by step by step. I walk you through this, how to do that. The next thing I help you do is I connect you to what I call your weaver energy. Mm -hmm. And the weaver is the ability to 
literally weave different energies so that you're not doing everything yourself. Mm -hmm. And this is where like, if you're coming to me and you're like, man, I'm exhausted all the time. I, you know, when you feel like the weight of the world on your shoulders with your business, where you're just like, oh my God, like this vision is so heavy. And I have this huge impact that I want to make. That is when you need to invite the weaver in. So that is where I directly connect you to what I would frame as like the spirit of your business and offers and like unique medicine. But if that's like too spiritual, you can just frame it like this is where we're going to connect to the energy of the universe, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's all your business is. It's just a conduit for energy. That's all it is. And again, that's perfectly scientific, right? Mm -hmm. The third thing I help you do is I actively help you connect to what I call your supernova, which is the energy of your expertise, your authority, and your visibility, So like you can see here, rather than like, this is the shamanic lens to it, rather than sitting down and being like, let's talk about your authority. Let's talk about your visibility. We are seeing those as entities and energies on their own that we are trying to develop a partnership with. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the key. And once it's almost like marriage counseling, Mm -hmm. right? Like that is what will be different about working with me versus working with, you know, a visibility coach or whatever. And again, none of these things is better than the other, but I know for a fact that this lens is so fucking new to these people that it can give you drastic, drastic results because it's literally like, you know how sometimes like you get like a little nibble of something, you're like, oh, well, that's delightful. This mm-hmm. is an entirely new flavor. It's like seeing a new color, mm-hmm. right? Like you're just like, oh my God, this has been there the whole time. So that's the third thing. The fourth and fifth thing that I do are I connect you with your trailblazer energy, which is where it's kind of what it sounds like, where we are no longer trying to tend like tidy gardens of our business. Mm-hmm. We're blowing the fences out. We are inviting the world rather than putting ourselves out into the world, which is your supernova, right? Your supernova is about like, here's your expertise. Here's your visibility and authority. The trailblazer is actually about inviting and trusting the world to come in. Because we often think that our impact is about what we do, right? Mm -hmm. That's only part of the equation. Your impact is actually about what you allow in, how many people you allow in to your offers, to your world, to your perspectives. Mm -hmm. And as you were saying, Ange, like it takes a hell of a lot of trust to do that. Mm -hmm. So the trailblazer is where we hone that trust. And then finally, which is always the one that like people, I think people sign up for this reason because they're thinking, oh, this is the only one I need. This is when we talk about the change maker, which Mm -hmm. is where I connect you directly with your money, your wealth and power itself Mm -hmm. and how those energies and entities play within you to actually create that. Like, this is the vision of the business and the life that you want overall. Mm -hmm. But like, people might come and say like, oh, well, I only want one of those things, right? Like I just, I really just want the money portion, right? But you can see how, like, if you go on my website, you'll see like, there's like a a medicine wheel that's like five concentric circles. If you don't do the work to connect with your spirit, soul, and intuition, you're going to be bumming yourself out, putting out offers that aren't aligned to you, right? Like you're, you Mm -hmm. could try, 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 try. And if you do the work of connecting to your soul and intuition and all that jazz, but you bypass like, the weaver, you're going to think you have to hold it all up yourself. Mm. You're going to be trying to like, like ham fist your offer into something that isn't right, mm. or you're going to price it wrong, or you're going to show up or whatever wrong. And if you don't do each of these things kind of consecutively, again, it's that evolution. It's the way a tree would grow. You don't expect an oak tree to give you an acorn on day one. It's got to grow. Mm. And it's, it's kind of the shamanic lens of this is that natural 
like progression of growth. I like to say I'm like the anti-quantum leap coach Mm. because I really do like nothing wrong with leaps, but I don't think quantum leaps as we see them really exist because for every leap you see, there are a million micro movements that happen to get you there. Either energetic, like, right? Like, and that's, again, I think that's kind of common sense, but what I would rather do than help somebody like, okay, here's your leap to hundred K month. I want to train you how to see every single micro movement so that you can see that as evidence that it's fucking working. Yeah. You know what I like? That is the difference between like, I'm enjoying my day every day getting towards the goal, or I'm going to enjoy the 30 seconds that I get achieving the goal. And for those, again, it's like people, people can be saying, okay, well, the, you know, the trailblazers, the change makers, this, you know, framework that you've created, right? And yeah. those that are sitting out there going, again, you know, this sounds kind of interesting, Jess and Ange, and, you know, <laughs> Ange, you've done it. So I can't, or I haven't been, haven't, haven't done Jimmy and shamanism specifically, but, you know, you've gone down some of the spiritual stuff. You know, you said it's worked, you said it's changed. And you're like, Jess, I'm kind of getting, do you mean your, you know, your framework that you're talking about? But again, can anyone work with, you know, shamanic tools or is it like in you from birth? Do you know what I mean? Or like what for those people again, who are the skeptics going like, but how do yeah. I know that you is know it for what me? you're doing? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And is it for me? Because there's also people would say that, you know, there's no, um, peak body that governs business consultants. There's no, yeah, peak absolutely. Body, absolutely. It for shamanism either. Do you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. for those skeptics that are out there, I'm saying like, you know, can anyone do it? What are the tools to do it? Do you mean, do you need to be trained in a special way? Like, tell me a little bit more about that side of things. So in general, to become a shaman, like that is like, that is a thing. Like that is a really epic, there's initiations. It's a whole thing, but to engage with just shamanic work, absolutely. There are no barriers to entry. And I also believe that it is what I work with is known as like core shamanism. So the interesting thing about shamanism is there is a version of shamanism and all of the main sort of tenets of shamanism on every continent, every corner of this earth has had shamans or shamanic practitioners or whatever you want to call them, right. By whatever name. And the overlap there is astounding. Every culture has its own version of, for example, a power animal or a spirit animal. Mm -hmm. Every version has this understanding of like, there is energy or quote spirit in all things Mm -hmm. that like animism. So those elements are just naturally human, Mm -hmm. of course, right? Like everybody has access to this. And and I would, I would go to the tables on that of like, oh, you're not allowed to do this because you were born here. I believe as a human being, you have access to the spiritual ancestry that you are gifted. Now it just might look different, right? So what is most important here is that when you are working with any of these elements, of course, is that you want to approach it with a reverence and a respect, you know, like that. I, I cannot think of a single person who does shamanic work who would not be in, in agreement of that, but also like be completely open to sharing that. Mm-hmm. And so you do not need to have a certain background to do this. What you do need to have is that respect and reverence and just understanding of like, there's going to be some things that really, really light you up. And then there's going to be places where you're like, oh, like maybe I want to look into my own ancestry and see what, you know, if you're Irish or if you're, you know, Japanese or whatever, like every culture has its own versions of like the details, Mm. but the overlapping elements, they are really what I would like. I think it's one of the most human things about us because 
this this kind of spiritual way of seeing the planet and of each other, that web of connectivity. And I, maybe I should have mentioned this, like with the science question, but like shamanism is just the belief that we're all connected and we all have like an impact on each other, right? Like you can't move one thing in the universe without finding it hitched to something else. Like that's a really famous quote. And that is also documented in science too. So I wouldn't ever want anybody to feel like, oh, I, I feel drawn to this, but like, I can't. Like nobody's saying you need to become a shamanic practitioner mm-hmm. to go on a soul journey. And like with, with my programs, for example, like there is nothing about them that I would, you know what I mean when I say like I would caution about because yeah. by nature, this is some of the most gentle yet powerful work you can do. It's just tapping into yourself and the planet and all of these energies that I believe help you make more money. So like, I'm like, you're, I'm sure you've done this too, where like you've been in programs or worked with people where you're like, Jesus, this stuff is like intense, like, you know, like heavy stuff. And there's often times where like in this industry, I'm seeing people promote like programs or whatever, like we're going to change your soul destiny. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's a lot. Right. Like I would hope that the people engaging in that like deep, deep, deep psychotherapy stuff have the credentials to back it. That is not what this is. That is not what this is at all. This is like very gentle, um, powerful because of how connected it is to our bodies and souls. That's why it's so powerful. It's not that it's this like, you know, hugely um, like ominous entity. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not a modality that you're thinking like, oh God, strap in, right? Like it's, it really is something that comes so naturally to everybody, every human person, every, everybody out there. And that's the thing because is it comes so naturally yeah. and we all have it, but yet society has told us opposite. Do you know what I mean? And so, well, and I mean, there's, there's a lot hard, to unpack right? there. There's a lot to unpack there. Right. And like a big part of that is like, you know, the, the treating the way, you know, people have treated indigenous cultures, the totally. there's like witch wound stuff. There's like, I like in my own background, like there have obviously been when I first shifted into this state of being like I had that near death experience and I was like, I'm going to start incorporating this more. I had no idea that I would ultimately be teaching any any form of shamanic anything. Yeah. Right. But it just the this stuff really does like it it demands it of certain people. And like, here I am. Right. 100%. But when I made that shift, it took a lot of like I'm still doing it where I can feel the ancestral binds of just my my family my people even just the the concepts right like it was not an okay thing to be a woman teaching anything anything like this Mm -hmm. so there are often days where I feel like just the I'm not somebody who like so much experiences things like in my thoughts for example with this stuff but like my body reflects it Right. So like, I have to do a lot of work to like, okay, how do I get this shit out of my body so that I'm not living with this kind of, you know, inner turmoil and stuff. But that's something else that as a listener or as somebody who's thinking like, oh, I want to play around with this a little bit more, or I want to expand my wealth in a way that feels like natural and fun for my soul and body and all that. We also have to look at that because one might feel that trepidation from those types of wounds too. Just play like, oh, I don't want to be seen in the wrong circles, right? Like just that kind of witch woundy ancestral sort of trauma energy. We don't just have that as people who are speaking out and like sharing it. You might have it just thinking like, oh, well, like it might feel weird for you, even just in terms of spiritual stuff. It doesn't even need to be like shamanism. It could be like tarot cards. Mm-hmm. You might just feel like there's some like, oh, I don't know. There's a darkness there or whatever. Like that, that is what 
like a lot of the world has done to so many of these practices, mm. you know, and again, it goes back to like, it's not new age, it's stone age and, and it kept it's people alive. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, I think it's, you know, like they say, orange is a new black or black is a new orange is I do believe there's a shift in the online space. And, but as business collectively, it's kind of like when I talk often about human to human marketing and the experience and interaction one has with the brand and often says, if you're not infusing human to human marketing, you're going to get left behind. And I believe the same around spirituality as a whole, whether or not it's healers, shamans, doing et cetera, is I believe that if you're not infusing this into your business, in whatever way or light feels light, easy and welcoming to you, yeah, that I believe yeah. you will get left out and you will struggle to get to those next levels because the, the tactical business strategy, the hows are only going to get you so far. Right. So it's true. And like, you can't know your how, if you're not home within yourself to have it resonate against you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a lot of that, that's why that, like that core of that, like connecting to your soul and stuff everybody wants these answers. And you know how we always hear like the answers are within you, like this is true, but they need to be within you and you need to know how and where to access them. That's what I do. Like, that's what I do. And like you said, I can give, you can give somebody 30 strategies and they might all be absolutely fantastic, but until you are home within yourself to be like, Oh, I'm going to resonate against this one. This is the one that I think is it. And you know what, if it's not it, I'm still going to survive because I'm still here. Right. Like that energy is so much different from like, all right, let's try to put in the right variables to get this, you know, answer the result from the equation. And that is where, like, I think one of the great strengths of this work that I do is that it kind of feels like a natural progression from what I would call like traditional money mindset, for example, Mm -hmm. like I love, I love my money mindset, but People tend to think that it like what what rankles me is when people say, like, I'm doing all the right things. I'm thinking all the right thoughts. I'm taking the aligned action and it's not working. And the next question is always like, is it me? And it's like, no, no, it's not you. It's not you. There is you. We can go deeper. We can always go. And that's where this kind of soul based stuff comes in. And really so many people listening, I believe like right now and just in general would call themselves like soul led entrepreneurs, whatever that means. And I think it doesn't mean that you need to have a quote spiritual business. It means that you're doing something you're freaking called to do. And if you're doing that work, and like you said, you don't include those aspects of yourself on this journey, like they should be business expenses. If you don't include that aspect of yourself, you will get left behind because what's going to happen is If you don't actually find what you're looking for, which is you, it is more of yourself. You will continue to look outside of yourself to find it. Mm -hmm. That is the big secret. People come to me and they're like, I want to make more money. I want more expression. I want more impact, whatever. My secret is I know that anytime somebody who has kind of done that work of like healing and transformation and whatever, if they're saying, I feel more, I feel called to more, that is their sign that there is parts of them outside of their recognition asking to be brought back home that's it and when you do that like you're golden like yes there's still risk yes there's still you know all these other things you've got to mitigate but you're in yourself to make those decisions with that agency. And I also think again, that like healing is an evolution. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. just when you tap into it from here, there'll be something else that needs to be tapped into. It doesn't all have to be resolved at once, but oh I my God, for, yes. for a fact that like, <laughs> I know intuitively, like when I went with my healer and I said, well, how do I know when to come back? 
She's like, you'll, you'll know. know, you'll know. And, and it's yeah. like, and it's like, okay, yeah. yep. And again, it's like, yep. Picked up the phone. Hey, do you have a time? She's like, yep, I can fit you in. Like you just know. Right. And it's about, yeah. again, detaching from out to come detaching from the next thing and just going like trusting again, that you'll know when it's time. Now, listen, this has been an absolutely epic episode and oh, it's thank an episode you. I'm so glad. that uh, I hope, do you know what I mean? Well, as I, as you talk about the ecosystem is it's just planting the seed right now for some, and yep, some people, yep. it might just be in five years time. They'll be like, Oh, and <laughs> just five years ago, and they're ready to receive it. So I yes. believe anyone who's listening to this, you're exactly on this episode for a reason, whatever that reason looks like, whether or not that's opening up, whether or not that's booking something with Jess, whether or not that's whatever it is, there's a reason why you've stayed to in tune with this particular episode. So for those individuals who are wanting to connect with you, Jess, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Best way to connect. I am always on Instagram. You can find me at Just Kidding Books. I have a free Facebook group called Wild Wealth Circle. And if you're listening to this past like a week from now, which I'm sure you will be, Mm -hmm. you are more than welcome to join me in my program, Money Awakening, which is where we do all of this amazing deep soul and science work to help you create that wealth ecosystem for yourself. And if you do happen to listen anytime, just say hi to me. Like you don't need to feel like any pressure to, to take part or whatever, but I would love to know that like you, you came across um, Angie and I, and that, uh, that that's how you came across us. So just say, hi, I do not bite. I am a friendly Canadian. Dude, so yeah, thank yeah, you and for you love you. you guys know I'm Canadian. <laughs> so it's like, we got to keep the Canadians together. And now I always like to ask one final question to all my guests. And my question is, is what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started off in business? Oh man. What do Okay. I wish that I knew that the things that I saw as my biggest gaps and weaknesses naturally were really my secret weapons. Mm -hmm. That's what I wish I knew. Oh, I love it. That's a good one to think about, ladies and gentlemen. Right? Yeah. The secret, what you thought were weaknesses were your secret weapons. Oh, I love it, Jess. Yep. Now, listen, you're an absolute yep. epic human, an amazing Canadian. And I'm so glad that our worlds have come together in the online space, the magic of online. And before we sign off, please remember that my team and I will be putting together the show notes for this episode over at AngelaHenderson.com.au. Thanks to Jess again for your time today and your wisdom. And for the rest of you amazing humans, have a brilliant day. And I look forward to you joining us again next week for another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again, Jess. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au